Welcome to the Christ the King podcast. I am Pastor Michael McGinley of Christ the King Lutheran Church right here in Spencer, Iowa. And we are a congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Now, it is not Sunday, February 13th, 2022. We're actually a few days past that. This podcast is coming out a little later than usual because I was on vacation last week and Pastor Glenn Bomer was gracious enough to fill in for me, and you'll hear his sermon, which was preached last Sunday. And since we use these podcasts for devotional purposes, we still like to release them, even if they don't come out on Sunday. So here we are, a few days late, but here nonetheless. Now, we are in the time of the church year known as Gesematide, or Pre-Lent. Now, this is unique to what we call the one-year or historic lectionary, which Christ the King is on. And today, this Sunday, is called Septuagesima, which is just a fancy way, a Greek way of saying we're about 70 days until Easter. Now, pre-Lent is about three Sundays long. It is three Sundays long. And one thing you could say about the Sundays of pre-Lent is they, you could call them the Sola Sundays. So this week is Grace Alone Sunday. Not that we don't preach that every week. We do, of course. But that is the focus of our readings today. Also known as the Sunday of the Parable of the Vineyard Owner. And so you'll hear that in the Gospel lesson. With that, let's go ahead and begin our service. And you'll notice also the Matin service is starting to change since we're now approaching Lent, preparing for Lent, and also we begin to prepare for Easter. So you'll see some changes with our service today, and you'll see more changes as Ash Wednesday and Lent start as well, all to help prepare us for Easter Sunday. So with that said, let us now turn to our Matin service with a hymn of invocation, Christ is made the sure foundation.
Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise to thee, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Christ, for our sakes, hath endured temptation and suffering. O come, let us worship him.
The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord. He heard my voice out of his temple. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but will bring down high looks. Thou hast girded me with strength, and maketh my way perfect. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The sorrows of hell compassed me about, the snares of death prevented me. In my distress I called upon the Lord. He heard my voice out of his temple. The Old Testament lesson for Septuagesima Sunday is written in the 17th chapter of Exodus, beginning at the first verse. All the congregation of the children of Israel traveled from the wilderness of sin, starting according to the Lord's commandment, and encamped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? The people were thirsty for water there. So the people murmured against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt? To kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? Moses cried to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk on before the people, and take the elders of Israel with you, and take the rod in your hand in which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. You shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, and the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because the children of Israel quarreled, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in the ninth and tenth chapters of the first epistle to the Corinthians, beginning at the twenty-fourth verse. Brothers, don't you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run like that, that you may win. Every man who strives in the games exercises self-control in all things. Now they do it to receive a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I, therefore, run like that, not aimlessly. I fight like that, not beating the air, but I beat my body and bring it into submission, lest by any means, after I have preached to others, I myself should be rejected. Now I would not have you ignorant, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of a spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. However, with most of them, 
God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Out of the depths I have cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the twentieth chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man who was the master of a household, who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. When he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. He went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went their way. Again he went out about the sixth hour and ninth hour and did likewise. About the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. He said to them, Why do you stand here all day idle? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and you will receive whatever is right. When evening had come, the lord of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning from the last to the first. When those who were hired at about the eleventh hour came, they each received a denarius. When the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise each received a denarius. When they received it, they murmured against the master of the household, saying, These last have spent one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Didn't you agree with me for a denarius? Take that which is yours and go your way. It is my desire to give this last just as much as to you. Isn't it lawful for me to do what I want to with what I own? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first last. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. The Lord will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. Our text this morning comes from the Gospel lesson just read, Matthew 20, verse 1. 
Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. So far the text. Please be seated. And our theme based upon this text is the big picture. Let's pray. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, as we have gathered today here for the specific reason of coming into your presence, so that we may receive from you the gifts of your grace, quiet our hearts and minds, so that we can indeed do just that, so that by your grace the Holy Spirit can work in us, bringing us deeper into our faith, giving us greater joy and peace in the midst of whatever it is that's happening in our lives, so that in all things we can glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's been said that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so let's get to the earthly story of this particular parable. The grapes were ripe. Time was crucial. The owner needed workers. Throughout the day, from early morning until almost sunset, the owner went out into the marketplace and he brought workers into his vineyard. And as was the custom of that time, day workers were to be paid at the end of each day's work so that they would have money to go back and buy food and provide for their families. And so the owner or master ordered his foreman to line everybody up and pay them from the ones who worked the least to the ones who worked the longest. And when he came to those who worked the least, no more than one hour that particular day, the owner had directed his foreman to give them a denarius. Now a denarius at that time was the equivalent of one day's labor. So these guys got a day's pay for only one hour's work. Well, the guys up the line who had worked longer, and especially those who had worked the full day, they were thinking, huh, if he's that generous to these guys who got one hour, who, who worked only one hour, then just think what we're going to get. Well, as he was working his way up the line, everybody was still getting one denarius until he came to those who were hired first at sunrise. They had put in 12 hours of work and they had thought that they might get more. And when they got only that one denarius, they were angry. They grumbled. They complained. They said, we have worked a full day. We've borne the burden. We've lived through this scorching heat. And you're only going to give us one denarius? Well, the owner looks at them and he says, what's the problem here, guys? I'm being fair. You agreed to one. I've given you one. Take it and go. Well, that's the earthly story. So what's the heavenly meaning? Well, Jesus introduced it in the opening verse, which was our text. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. The kingdom of heaven. Let's start there. Let's think about what Jesus is saying. The kingdom of heaven is like the master of a house. Now, what's that all about? 
Let's, let's find out. And in doing so, get the big picture that Jesus intends us to get from this parable. Now the kingdom of heaven, some people think of kingdom from the point of view of politics. Well, a kingdom is some kind of tangible reality of a nation. It has a king, it has boundaries, it has people, it has industry, it has agriculture. All of those kinds of things we think of kingdom. But none of that works for this phrase kingdom of heaven. Because at this point in time, the kingdom of heaven is the gracious rule of God in the hearts of people through faith in Jesus. Let me say that again. The kingdom of heaven is the gracious rule of God in the hearts of people through faith in Jesus. It's not a tangible thing. It's a reality of one's relationship with God that He creates within us through faith in His Son. And as such, we can say that the kingdom is God. When Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a house, he was saying that the master represents God. Now the question then is, in what way or ways does the master represent God? And there are at least two ways he does so in this parable. One is that the master, that it was the master who went out seeking workers. He went out seeking workers. And the other is the master's generosity. So in those two ways, Jesus is saying, the master is like the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The master is like God. Now both of these ways express God's love. Writing to the Christians in Ephesus, especially those who were Gentiles, the Apostle Paul said at one time they were dead in their trespasses and sins. Now what he said of those in Ephesus is true for you and me today also. Spiritually dead, we were unable to seek God and experience His gracious rule in our lives through Jesus Christ. In other words, we were excluded from the kingdom of heaven. Now, God had to seek us just as the master went out seeking laborers for his vineyard. And he did so, God did so, through his son. Listen to what John wrote in his first letter, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through Him. In other words, that we might be brought into the kingdom of heaven, into a faith relationship with God through Christ. And John goes on, In this, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that God loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, the key word in that is propitiation. And by that, we understand that it refers to the price God demanded 
to set us free from the bondage of our sin. It was the ransom paid to release us from death. In other words, to be the propitiation for our sins, Jesus had to satisfy the just demand of God for us sinners. And that price was the death of His Son. In Isaiah chapter 53, a portion of Scripture you're very familiar with because it is read during Lent and especially on Good Friday. Isaiah, speaking of the one who would come, the Christ, the Messiah, he said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. The Master sought workers. God seeks us because we cannot seek Him. In order to find us, He had to deal with the problem that separated us from Him and kept us from Him, and that is our sin. And He did so by sending His Son to be the propitiation, the ransom payment for our sins. And that payment was his very life. God's not done yet because the Holy Spirit then is sent to find us by means of the word of God's love for us in his Son. And by that word, he called us to faith. Now that word for most of you was joined with the water of holy baptism. So that when you were baptized and you received those words upon you, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God was at work bringing that word of release and freedom and salvation into your heart and creating faith to believe and trust in it. And from that time on, you've been growing in that faith. You've been realizing more and more what it means to be a child of God, to be brought into the kingdom of heaven so that you can experience and have experienced God's gracious rule in your life through faith in Jesus. Now there's a word that describes what God did on your behalf, on our behalf. And that word is grace. Grace is God's unmerited love for us in Jesus. Now it's unmerited that we did nothing to deserve it. As a matter of fact, as sinners, we did everything to do the exact opposite. So that ultimately all we really deserve from God is His wrath and judgment. But God is merciful. In spite of what we have done, God loves us and is gracious to us. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verse 8, he said it this way, God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so back to the parable. As the Master was generous, 
giving a denarius to those guys who only worked one hour. So also is God generous beyond belief to those He called. And this includes you and me and all who believe in Jesus as our Savior. In the parable, there were two responses to the Master's generosity. The first, while unspoken, would have been the response of those who were hired last, yet received a whole day's wage for one hour's work. While last to be hired, they were the first to rejoice over the Master's generosity. The other response was that of those hired first. Their response was not one of rejoicing, but one of grumbling and complaining. After all, they said, we've borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day in their eyes. To make those who worked only one hour equal with them was not fair. They believed they deserved more. Now, before you take sides in this dispute, you need to remember that a parable is an earth, earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So we need to ask again, what's Jesus getting at here? What's the big picture? Well, the big picture is that one's entrance into the kingdom of heaven which is but another way of saying becoming a child of God through faith in Jesus is God's doing from beginning to end. And of this, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 said, And I am sure of this, that God who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Again, our entrance into and becoming a part of the kingdom of heaven. In other words, becoming a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ and one day realizing the fullness of that in heaven. That's all of God's doing from beginning to end. It's all by grace, not by works, lest any of us should boast, as Paul wrote in Ephesians 2. Somehow or another, we lose sight of that. And we think that we are the ones who have contributed in some way or another to that. And therefore God owes us because of the goodness of who we are. Well, dear friends, you are not good. There is only one who is good, Jesus said, and that is God. Any good that you have is given to you by God through grace as He clothes you in the blood of Jesus and sees not you, the sinners, but His righteous Son. And He accepts you because of His righteousness and not because of any supposed goodness that you bring before Him. And why is that? It's because as David said in Psalm 5, we have been sinful from birth, sinful from the time our mothers conceived us. And so everything that we are and think and do is tainted by our sin. And this is why Jesus had to be the propitiation for our sins. 
God demanded a ransom, a payment. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There had to be the death of another. And the only other that could satisfy the righteous demands of God is God Himself in the person of Jesus. So whether you've been a kid of the kingdom for years or months or days or even for one hour, there is reason to rejoice. And that reason is that we have a generous, gracious, merciful God who chooses to give to the last the same as He gave to the first. Let's not begrudge God's generosity. Rather, let's celebrate it. For it is only because of His generosity that we are a part of His kingdom. Be it for years, for months, for days, or even for only an hour. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passeth all understanding Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard, saith the Lord. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers, and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard, saith the Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, we beseech you, favorably hear the prayers of your people, that we, who are justly punished for our offenses, 
may be mercifully delivered by your goodness for the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, 
doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds, we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for the podcast this week. We pray it's a blessing to you throughout this next week. Please join us this Sunday, February 20th, as we celebrate the second Sunday of Prelent, also known as Sexagesima, or about 60 days until Easter. We encourage all of our listeners to look us up on Facebook under Christ the King Lutheran Church or CTK Spencer. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened. If you would like to be on our mailing list for the podcast or want to leave feedback, you can contact us on Facebook or at the email addresses listed at the top of the bulletin. That's all for this week. Until next time, go forth and serve the Lord. I am Pastor Michael McGinley, signing off.